Welcome to Impact the World, the show for and about creatives, changemakers, and entrepreneurs. This is a conversation episode where a special guest shares with me what they are creating and the behind the scenes journey of their experience. Hello, welcome to Impact the World. And today's episode is going to be a special treat for any of you who are fans of channeling because I get to speak to Sheila Gillette, who has been channeling her group, Theo, for over four decades. And so there are a couple of things I loved about this conversation. Number one, Sheila has been an incredible pioneer in the field of channeling, which as we know is definitely something that for most of us when we first encounter it was either a little out there for us or a little out there for those around us or both. But Sheila shares a little bit about how she got started and how in the 70s she was working with researchers who were testing her psychic abilities. And so that's a fascinating part of the conversation. And I ask Sheila how she's doing and how does she balance her work as a channeler and those kinds of things come up as we go through the conversation before we get to a session at the end where I get to ask a few questions of Theo. So enjoy this show and if you enjoy Impact the World in general, we are an independent show so the way that you can best support us is to leave us a rating or a review over at Apple Podcasts. But for today, we hope you enjoy this show with Sheila Gillette and Theo. Welcome to Impact the World and Sheila, welcome to the show. It's a real delight to get to speak to you today. Leigh, it's so wonderful to be here with you and your listeners and um, it's been a while since we've seen each other, so this is a nice reunion. Yeah, and and you know, it was interesting. I was reflecting on on your journey, and you have been one of the pioneers um, of our time when it comes to channeling. And I know for me, when I first began channeling, not only was I not really a fan of channeling, it wasn't my thing. I was into other parts of self-growth and spirituality, I didn't know there was this channeling world. And so when I started being being a public channeler, I, I soon met the very small group of people who back then in 2005 were doing it. And so I'm curious for you, more and more people are channeling now and accessing their intuition. But if I'm not mistaken, it was the early 70s when you first had your initiation. So I just want to, first of all, say thank you for all your beautiful pioneering work and for laying some energy foundations for all of the rest of us. And um, yeah, what, what a journey you must have had seeing the change in the world around intuition and channeling and everything. Yes. Um, and actually, it all started after a near-death experience in 1969. And I opened up um, after that experience. And, and, you know, I didn't know anybody that was doing this. And and really, this wasn't openly spoken about. Um, And at that time, I was, uh, my title really, it wasn't being a channeler. It was a direct voice trance medium. And um, I was tested by scientists for my psychic ability. But early on, it was all spontaneous what happened to me. Um, I could do automatic writing. I could do several um, phenomenal things, if you would, and had phenomena happening to me. And then in an automatic writing experience, and I could hear clairaudiently information, I trance spontaneously and began the direct voice mediumship or channeling. And I was really mentored by Theo and the angels on how to do this work. I There was only one book I know of, the Edgar Cayce books, which was very similar to what was happening to me, laying down and... Um, So that gave me kind of like, oh, okay, (laughs) there is somebody that's been doing this. But I knew at the time, um, I just just knew that 
we are all channeling our spiritual energy in whatever form is psychologically and emotionally comfortable for us. I often say to people, I, in my near-death experience, I said, hey, God, give me a job. I'll do anything. Had God given me a roster of positions that were open, I don't know that I would have chosen this one because it was really challenging in the beginning. You know, I didn't speak openly about it. I didn't go to social situations and say, guess what I can do? Because people were terrified of it. You know, they had all these misconceptions of, of it from, from however they were raised and their um, spiritual teaching and all kinds of things, even movies, influencing people's fear. And so I have been able in my tenure, let's say, of doing this work, of watching this evolution, if you would, into the now where people are beginning to recognize and utilize much like yourself, all the gifts that we have. And that's the way it's supposed to be because we're spiritual people, beings, having a human experience. We've heard that over and over again, but it's really true. And Theo says, our soul is much larger than this physical body. It's an energy that is eternal. And so to assume that this is all there is, um, Theo has been teaching me all these years that the earth is just one choice of experience that there's billions of choices that we can make as a soul for our own learning. And, you know, it broadens the scope when you think of, think of it in that way. And that it's our innate ability to tap into all that energy vibration that is always present with us in the asking it is given, right? So, Theo's here as teachers for this evolution of consciousness that we're experiencing now. So I just had to trust as I moved along my journey, as I had been told that in the beginning, but it had to evolve to now where um, yourself and others and myself are here as teachers and way showers, if you would, to others who can tap into and get the guidance that is there for them. Thank you. And it, it's funny because one of the things I've noticed over the years is people who find and resonate with channeling, because of course channeling isn't for everybody. Nothing is. Nothing needs to be for everybody. We all find our way and our path in, through different methods, different things there are people for whom the frequency of channeling allows them to access their own soul, expand, have awakening experiences. And then there are other people who I feel find channeling because they recognize it and haven't yet tapped into a deeper part of their own psychic or intuitive ability. So I know for me, the discovery of channeling and, and that just happening to me spontaneously one day, it deepened my trust with my own intuition over the years. But I've also noticed this initiatory energy that happens with channeling. And I, I was struck by many years ago, I think when I first knew of you, which would have been about a decade ago, because Marty Bradley, one of my dearest friends and one of my right-hand people in my company, told me about you. And she had been with you and Theo on several courses and events and spoke very highly of you. And she explained that Esther Hicks had come to see you uh, before she was channeling. And what struck me about that was I had been taken to see a channeler by a friend about mm, a year before it started with me. And so I'm not saying that happens to everybody, but I was like, this is interesting. It's almost like an osmosis effect for those of us who are supposed to be tapped by that osmosis effect. Yes. Because, well, when I opened up, I, um, <laughs> I didn't have that luxury. Mm. But I had the confidence because when I was 
in intensive care and saying, give me a job. When this all started happening to me spontaneously, I, I, I knew I should trust it. You know, that deep place of knowing inside of us that is no doubt. We all have it. And I no doubtedly knew, well, this is it. Even though the things I was experiencing, I hadn't experienced before. And some of it pretty phenomenal and a little frightening, quite frankly, that I just knew that this, this is the job I asked for. This is, I signed up, you know, to, yeah. to stay on the planet. And so that kept me going. That kind of commitment um, kept me going. But then it was fascinating. And I'm sure you have had that experience yourself because it was so extraordinary, the information that was coming forth. Um, even the experiences of my own intuition, to your point, um, expanding and, and just things that I knew that I couldn't have possibly known in any other way. Just that whole adventure, if you would, of that kind of opening or blossoming into this greater expansiveness of what we call the soul. Mm. And how was it for you with the people around you at that time? So you, you shared that, you know, you, you weren't talking about it publicly, which I think, I, God, I, I feel for you because, you know, I, I started channeling 23 years ago in the late 90s, and I wasn't going to talk to people about it back then. So I'm like, wow, go back to the 70s and a, and a whole other layer of... Um, if you like conditioning or fear around intuition and channeling and anything outside traditional religion. So I'm curious, did you have advocates in your life? Did you have people that you realized it was going to be problematic for you to stay in contact with as this, as this happened for you? Because that's often something that comes up for people when they have a big awakening. There's a, a change in relationships. Yeah, yeah. Um... There, there was what I discovered. And, and the angels directed me to people I didn't know in my community that were kind of secret or closet mm -hmm. metaphysicians. And they had positions such as teachers. One was a county health nurse. They had positions in the community that if their, their interests got known, that they may lose their jobs. I mean, that's how protected people were because of um, this unusual uh, exploration, let's say. And so I had that. I had a very close friend um, that I trusted and, and she had an interest. So when this all started happening, she would come and sit with me. And that certainly helped me a lot in the sense of feeling comfortable and allowing allowing it to happen and then it, it grew by just people hearing about me but what was really interesting I was living in the mountains of Colorado in this small town and um, you know it was just these little pockets but there were bigger pockets that I began to hear about particularly in California you know, everything happens in California on the cutting edge kind of thing, especially in anything new and, and in expansiveness. Now there were, and the different coasts, but there were people talking about psychic stuff, but not mediumship, not, you know, not all of the things that we began to, to recognize today. Um, but it was interesting to me. I knew spirit was working for me because here I was in this small town. I had little kids, little little children, and I got an invitation to an event that the University of Miami was putting on in 1976 called Psychics and Scientists where there was the researching being done in metaphysics and psychic awareness and so forth. 
And I thought, how'd they get me? You know, how did I in this small town receive this invitation to participate in this, this experience, which then I met some of the scientists that then tested me for my abilities, uh, psychic abilities, not channeling per se, but my own psychic abilities. And then went on to do some experimentation with one of the physicists that I met in the sense of uh, testing, because back in 1976, the Russians and the United States governmentally were using psychics. That's right. To, to get information. And so we did a little bit of um, kind of testing uh, the information that came through me to see if any um, information that wasn't, you know, wouldn't be available to the public could be tapped into, which it can be. <laughs> wow. So it, that was fascinating. So all these things that, you know, just my path opened up to, not because I sought it out, but because I said yes to this work, doors just opened. Yeah. And um, so it's been an, a really interesting journey mm. while living a real life. You know, yeah. it's just, yeah. this is my job. It's been my job for 50, over 50 years. But it's um, it's been a, a wonderful journey uh, of my own self-growth, but then assisting others to do the same. Well, I'm really moved that you said it was 1976, just because that's the year I was born. So again, I'm like, oh my God, wow, the, the pioneering that you've been doing in this field that I had no idea I would end up working in when I was mm -hmm. younger. But mm -hmm. I'm curious, how how was that for you, those experiments, uh, you know, the, the doing that kind of work and the testing? What was, was that an enjoyable experience for you? And did it just come to an, a natural end? Or I'm just curious about that. It was enjoyable. I have to tell you, I did. I was interested to know. Um, I wanted to have more information about what was happening to me. But not only was the information, and it was really fun doing it, um, but it gave me the good housekeeping seal of approval. You know, it was like, you're not a crazy person. Mm -hmm. You're psychic. Which you know, in an environment where this wasn't spoken about, most people would go, oh, that's real crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. um, even people that were close to me. Because of the information that was coming through, some of it very prophetic. Even now, some of the things being said are for today. So, you know, when you didn't have the broader vision to see that's possible, you're living this way and now all of a sudden this is being said and and it hasn't happened yet. It's um, a little off-putting because I received information about Watergate two years before it came out to the public. Hmm. And that was a bit interesting because it was all this information and and being young and thinking that couldn't be possible. A president wouldn't do that, you know? I mean, if you think back that many years, it, it was inconceivable that that could happen. And then two years later, all this came out in, in, in the public eye and 16 years after I met John Ehrlichman. And he confirmed everything that I had gotten, which was, you know, so it takes time for all of this yeah. to come to fruition. But in that, it's like spirit, the angels have always given me the confirmation to have confidence and trust. Mm. Even when I was doing automatic writing, I got 15, I, I got, I would get a paragraph of 15th century Castilian Spanish. 
And then the next paragraph would be in English and so forth. And I didn't know Castilian Spanish, so I had to find somebody that would translate it for me, which I did. And what I found out is the angels were translating it, they, but they wanted me to know this wasn't coming from me. So that couldn't have come from me. Yeah. So I had the Spanish, but the next paragraph was the translation. But I didn't know that until I found somebody to do the translation for me. That's fantastic. So how, at that point, what did your work with Theo look like? Were you doing private sessions? Were you... I'm curious what, you know, so we're talking about 1976 and, and, and that earlier period. What did your work look like at that point? It was just individual sessions, mm. just individual one-on-one -on -one sessions. And then I began traveling where I would go to different cities invitationally to, to meet with people on an individual basis. So I would set up appointments. Uh, with clients in the different cities. But I kept being told that this would be global, a global work. And this was long before the internet or home computers. And then, you know, we it just evolved that from the one-on-one -on -one sessions, then I started doing groups because the information and, and the... Uh, the information about soul integration that Theo has brought forth, working with people individually was great, but then in groups, more people could have those tools and learn. So I would be invited to come to someone's home, let's say, and they will have gathered 30 people in their house. And maybe you experienced some of this too, but then I would do, you know, the group session, which people individuals would ask Theo questions within the group. So it's just evolved to then using the internet to grow mentoring programs and teaching. And because I was, well, I was told I'd write a book and I couldn't possibly perceive myself writing a book, but I did. And the first one was The Fifth Dimension, Channels to a New Reality, was published by Simon & Schuster. And then when my husband Marcus and I married, we co-wrote a book called The Soul Truth. And now we're doing another one at this point in time. So all of these things that I was told I would be doing that I couldn't imagine myself doing have come to fruition. Um, so I have a tremendous amount of confidence and trust when Theo informs me of things that m may happen um, because I, you know, I've had too much evidence in my life of the confirmations and affirmations that have come. So this will have been an interesting year or so to live through. Um, I remember, you know, many, many years ago, probably in the late 2000s, I was channeling my guides, the Z's, and they would talk about the transformation of humanity and how after we get beyond 2012, you're going to see various things, including people getting more emotional and more emotionally available. And I, <laughs> I kind of, you know, had a Pollyanna view of that thinking, oh, that will be lovely. And of course, what we have seen is people are more emotional, I feel, than ever before and more emotionally available to themselves and to each other. But we're, we're in an early, early stage of that, you know, where we're, there's a lot of healing that has to come with that release of suppression. And one thing that hit me around 2020 is, I did a, an energy forecast for the year and the very first topic that they came out with was health. And that was all. I mean, I couldn't have predicted what had happened to the, but they talked about health would be a really big focus in 2020. And I remember it made me a little nervous at the time, but that was as far as I got with it. And then of course, three or four months later, it's like, oh, okay. So I'm curious for you, you know, going into 2020 and going across the year of 2020 that we've just come through and where we are now, 
what Theo uh, gave you about this very transformational couple of years we've been in? Well, this is a time that Theo's been talking about since the beginning of working with me. And that was what the book, The Fifth Dimension, was about. It's all the transformation that we'd be having. And it's interesting that you did the 2020 forecast because in November of 2019, we did a, a forecast for the upcoming year. And Theo said that 2020 would be the most profound year that any of us had ever experienced and it would change the trajectory of all of our lives. And we had no reference point to what that might look like. We just said, okay. Yeah. And we knew, you know, there was an election coming up. And I mean, you could have pinpointed all kinds of things that that could pertain to. Um, but they were speaking about this global pandemic. And years ago, they were talking about this global change, shift of consciousness that had never happened on this planet before. They've been talking about it for four, over four, four decades. So <clears throat> what I've seen this happening is this is what they were talking about. And so I did ask, we have asked about the pandemic and they said, we told you there would be something that would show you that you're a global species and that there are no boundaries and that there is the shift of consciousness for the human species on the planet now that is in the highest good of all. All these changes are necessary. The old ways of being, the old paradigms, the old ways of thinking or dissolving, new will be formed out of this, new business all across the board. But what they said is, we didn't tell you what it was going to be that would be so transformative. Of course, everybody would have panicked and, you know, or not believed it or whatever would have come from, from that information. But one of the things they said is that it's shown us that we are one. You know, that the virus itself did not discriminate. It was an equal opportunity for our species to have to see the oneness and how quickly the energy of anything like that could spread the globe. And that will bring us all together. But they said, most interestingly, the governmental uh, political structures would change throughout the world. Uh, we're already, we know we're a global economy, but that would be even strengthened more after this transitional period of time. But this would give us the information along with the ability of internet to connect with each other and to really learn about each other and to see we're more the same than we are different. So um, it's all part of this consciousness shift. And like I said earlier, I've had enough evidence in my life of things that I was told um, that would be happening to have confidence and optimism, even though we're in this chaos, um, to know we're going to be okay. Not only okay, we're going to thrive and we're going to be better and we're going to know more. And we'll, to your point about taking care of our health and, and each other, you know, it's, um, it's an interesting time we're living in. But they said out of this chaos will come order and it will be a higher order of, of consciousness. So... You know, I have an enormous amount of optimism going forward. You know, one of the things that the Zs have spoken about, and I recently spoke, had a couple of uh, wonderful astrologers on the show who said similar things uh, that they have seen in the patterns. The, the Zs had always talked about 2017 to 2024 as major change years, and that from 2024 onwards, there is there is a whole new shift and a whole new paradigm available, but that as we go through these years, that they would be intense in certain ways and very push-pull. 
And I'm curious if Theo have ever given any timeline predictions for these kinds of changes we're in and whether they differ or whether they parallel. Uh, it sounds very much parallel. Um, they, they spoke in 2011 about 2016, and then they spoke in 2016 about 2020 being a pivotal year. And now I'm sure they haven't spoken of 24, but I'm sure if we asked them, there would be more parallel to what you've been receiving. But they said that it would be chaos for a while. Mm. Um, they, they said we're birthing a new world. So they said birth can be messy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that we're in, we're in the process of that birthing right now. And um, we, you know, it's it's not getting caught up in all of the chaos. You know, it's easy to do when we're being bombarded with all this information. But what what I have realized is throughout these years I've done this work, there's always been something. Mm -hmm. You know, remember. Uh, in 2000, 1999, you know, the world was going to end um, December 31st as the January 1st, 2000, everything was going to shut down, banking would be cut off, you know, Y2K, right? People would ask Theo about it and they'd say, no, nothing's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people would constantly, are we going to be okay? Is it, you know... Um, and they'd say, it's all going to be just fine. So, of course, we were just fine. And so not long ago, Theo was being asked about this time and this chaos. And this, are we going to be okay? And they said, yes, yes, everything's going to be fine. Only it will be better because we will know more and we'll, we'll trust more. <laughs> but somebody said, well, what about this and what about that? And and they said, no, that's not going to happen. And then they they leaned in and said, we didn't believe in Y2K either. <laughs> that was hysterical. Because, you know, there's so much we're, we're being given to create angst in us. Mm. You know, the what ifs. It's always, what if this horrible thing is going to happen? Theo's in, engaging people to think of what if something great's going to happen, mm -hmm. to have that kind of mindset rather than everything's going to dissolve and devolve into something horrific. Yeah. And I'm curious, you know, Theo is the name that, that, uh, that, that your group hold, but I know it is, is it 12 entities that, they speak of themselves as 12 archangels collectively known by the name Theo. Mm -hmm. They would not identify singularly because they, they wanted people to pay attention to the message, not the messenger. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious for you now, and, and we're going to get to talk to Theo in, in, a, in a moment, which will be great, but I'm curious for you, just as Sheila, as someone who is doing this work regularly, it's your job, you've been doing it for a, a long time. What do you do to reset, take a break, feel some joy, uh, reset your energy? You know, what do you do away from your work or your own relationship with Theo um, on an everyday level just to keep yourself feeling balanced and connected to life? So I, you know, I live a normal life, mm. even though I have a, a not a normal job. I, they've taught me to look at it uh, as my job, that I do this work, and then I live my life with friends, family. Um, I, you know, I walk my dog. I, we go on vacation. Um, we visit our family when we can visit. And, um, you know, I probably live more normal life than most people would imagine. And that keeps me in balance. But Theo has taught me over the years how to take care of myself physically because it's such an enormous amount of energy that's running when, when I'm working. And I've burned myself out a few times. 
So I really pay attention to doing the things that are, you know, that are just good health habits. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I was going to ask you about that because I one of the things that I will often be asked with people who are beginning to channel or, uh, you know, starting to channel is I'll always just say, pace yourself and pay attention because mm-hmm. it's one thing to be having a, a fascinated relationship with the information that's coming through and how it makes you feel. But it's super important to pay attention to your body and how you're integrating it because it is a lot of energy and it's deceptive Mm. because I think that spiritual energy feels so good to us as well that there is this perception of, oh, I am spirit. And it's like you're actually spirit and body. And, 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 you know, the the body usually needs after a certain amount of exposure to a new level of frequency it needs to kind of come back to earth and ground. And like you, I, I had several burnout moments along the way. Um, thankfully, Touchwood haven't had one for many, many years at this point. But it, but it, it was a very, it was a learning curve for me to use my energy in this way and to know when it's important to not use my energy in that way and to bring a balance by going the other way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And it's good, good to speak to that because. It looks easy. Mm-hmm. It looks easy. And I know that my body is recalibrated many, many times. It's adjusted to and open to higher frequencies as I've worked with you. You know, it's it's always a work in progress of yeah. um, alignment and and on the set on a cellular level and really paying attention to supplementation and hydration. Like I said, all the good health habits, but you really need to pay attention um, because, you know, it's interesting and, um, and that's great and you love what you do, but the body doesn't. Uh, discern whether you're having bad stress or good stress. It's just stress in the body. So it's just, being a good um, observer and attention payer to to take care of this this earth suit, this vehicle of ours that we've chosen. Yeah. So you shared with me before we got started with the recording, I asked you what you were doing next and what was coming up. And you talked about the art of relationship as uh, a new a new topic that you and Theo and Marcus are, are bringing through. So yeah, perhaps tell us a little about that because I think that's that's a wonderful area to be tackling in a bigger way. Well, a few about three years ago, we started a mentoring program called the Art of Relationship, and we did retreats, um, a two and a half day retreat. And what we discovered that this was information that relation our relational experience is one of our greatest learnings, if not the greatest learning that we have in our human experience. And Theo told us that the next level of teaching um, would be on relationships. So we began the program. And that we realized that there was such an enormous amount of really information there on every level of relationship. Primary relationship, you know, the love of our life the relationship to the self, utmost important, and then all other relationships, children, uh, parents, extended family, work relationships, um, end of life relationship. All all of these things are really life affirming relational experiences because that's how we learn best is that we are have reflection back to us from our peers, our family members about who we are. So we began the program and and recognized that it would be a book and a a series that um, is quite profound that you could take in whatever time you may have questions about. relationships and how to handle them and how to be with yourself in them. So we're very excited about this program because it, it's it's life-changing. And, you know, we hear that, I mean, probably ad nauseum 
everything's life changing. You know, it's like breaking news, but um, it truly is because when we have a really good relationship and understand ourselves, then we can relate in our lives in a much more holistic and loving way. So it's, it's, we're very excited about bringing this out this year. That sounds beautiful. And I know it's coming in the fall of 2021. So if you're watching this in the future, it will all already be here. And if you're watching this, uh, you know, and the fall of 2021 is not yet here, um, if you were on the asktheo.com newsletter, you'll get notified. Um, and we'll put the links to Sheila's website and everything underneath uh, in the show notes as usual. But it's funny, as you say it, one thing that came to me in late 2019, our last big retreat um, before COVID, um, we had about, eight, I think there were 88 of us in that room. And one of the channeled messages that night that came through the Z's that really kind of pinged something for me that felt just very true and made me look at things slightly differently. They said, you wouldn't care about primary partnerships uh, or best friends on earth if you lived more tribally. And that that's what you're all trying to come back to. You're trying to reconnect with everybody. And they weren't in any way dismissing primary partnerships or best friends because they were saying that's the way you're organizing connection and love right now. And there are incredible breakthroughs that happen through those. But it, it, it felt like one of those fundamental truths that it, it didn't exactly surprise me to hear it, but just the phrasing of it gave me a whole new a whole new way of looking at how we're always looking to connect and how and why our relationships are so healing to us because we're it's not really about having a good relationship with that one person it's about having a deep relationship with ourselves and a relationship with the collective through that very small focus of one other or a group of others mm-hmm. yeah and it it's Theo will often say when you live alone you can always be right <laughs> because there's nobody to reflect a different opinion back to you. So what you're talking about in that collective is that we have those opportunities to reflect to each other the areas that we need to expand and grow from. So Sheila, before we speak to Theo, I'm curious, what are you Sheila, most excited about for your next decade or two? Like what's on your vision board? What would you like to cultivate or create in the next decade or two? Well, as we spoke about is this this upcoming program and others, but expanding our mentorship because I've always believed that this is the way for each and every one of us to, to realize our potential is through the integration of the soul and releasing the limiting beliefs that we've held about ourselves that are simply untrue. And so expanding that message um, to to others who have ears to hear is what I'm excited about and enthusiastic about. And also engaging with others that are wanting to grow, it is such a treat for me to do the work I do and to engage with the people that I engage with. So I'm looking forward to more of that and traveling the world. And, and, you know, it's have that whole, the world is your oyster kind of thinking, well, it's really true. And how exquisite it is to um, participate with others in this unfoldment and this whole um, new environment that we're building together. I just, I'm looking forward to what that looks like. Beautiful, beautiful. It's funny, I was just thinking in the last few weeks, there have been lots of things I've been looking at in the world going, wow, this is amazing. If we'd been alive 100 years ago or 200 or 300, none of this would be our reality. So the uniqueness of this life and this timeline has not been lost on me, especially lately. You know, you're saying that, um, myself included in that, my mother passed just before her 98th birthday. Mm. And 
you know, I would talk to her and the things that she experienced in her lifetime, you know, automobiles, planes, movie theaters, all these things that we take for granted, you know, computers. And she was a businesswoman. So she got to experience all those things. And it's just going to be more, mm. you know, because innovation is going to keep happening. When, when I think about my work particularly and where I began and how I was doing it with the cassette recorder mm. and the Walkman <laughs> and, you know, and it's just the evolution till now everything's digital and now we have Zoom and, we, you know, but Theo, Theo told me this would be happening and now we're doing events that are global events that many, many com- countries are represented. And they told me 50 years ago that this would be happening. I had no idea. We, none of us had any idea. Well, maybe some of us that invented it. But, you know, the general public had no idea that this is where we'd be today. And to your point, um, I think about that often. You know, I thought about her life. But then when you, you move it into our lifetimes and the, the, the magnificent uh, things we're experiencing now. And, you know, I, it's really interesting how a new innovation comes forward. We get the n- new cell phone um, that, you know, in a week we're mad at it because it's not doing something we want it to do. And we've only had it for a week. You know, it's only been the new thing for a week. But we've become so accustomed to these amazing changes that keep us connected. I can only imagine, um, well, no, I can't even imagine really what the next 10 years could could bring, just knowing what the last 10 has in the sense of innovation. Yeah, and it's interesting you say that. And here we are in 2021. And if we all were to have gone through 2020 and had no FaceTime, no video calling, no Zoom, no, you know, no, I mean, it, it, it kind of boggles the mind. One of one of my things as someone who had many times in my life where I was living alone in a very small apartment with no yard or anything, they were the people that were on my mind a lot last year people who were very isolated and and had to be very isolated in a small space and didn't. So I was thinking, gosh, imagine if this had all happened 20, 30 years ago before the ability to be connected, how much more isolating it would have been. And I'm not saying it would necessarily have been worse. It would have just been different. But our ability to be connected over the last year and a half has has been a salvation, I think, for so many of us with everything that was going on in the world. Well, and look how it's changing business, mm. you know, and how how businesses do business and how employees work within the business. I mean, just that the whole year has shown us we can do it differently. We can definitely do it differently. Even you and I right now, you know, when we first started this show, I was adamant that I wanted to do in studio because I was like, no, it's lovely to see two people together. And, you know, I'd seen lots of virtual podcasts and I thought, no, let's have it be that. So we would have reached out to you and had to try and coordinate it when you were in California. And, you know, and, and this conversation is possible because of it. So there are so many things. So... I think this might be a great time to have have some words and some time with Theo, if that's good with you. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Sheila. That takes just a second or two. Perfect. And I'll invite Theo to come in and then they'll speak with you. And since you've already met them, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. It is the beginning, is it not? We are appreciative of the opportunity to be of service unto you, you may ask. Hello, Theo. I'm curious how you are observing humanity's reaction to this year or so that we have been in and what you are noticing about 
us, the collective, how it's changing us, uh, what's emerging from us as a group because of this past year or so? As we are keen observers of the human experience as teachers and mentors for this time, what we're aware of is the chaos and the concerns that many have. But there is on the inner of each and every one of you a sense of knowing of this evolutionary process that is now, that is a shift of consciousness and awareness far beyond anything that has been experienced to date. So it is a continuum of awareness going beyond all the five senses into the greater awareness of the soul that is prominent now for individuals to trust more fully their experience and their choice to be incarnate for this expansion for the human species, as well as other species upon your planet, bringing together a collective awareness and learning. You may ask. One of the things that many people are, are either concerned about or troubled by is the level of hierarchy on our planet and the imbalance, whether it's financial or power. Um, and I'm curious from your perspective, how you see that changing in the years to come and whether or not that is something that is going to be able to balance more so that we have a more unified humanitarian collective at work on the planet rather than such a hierarchy in the organization of power and finance and the haves and the have-nots for people? As it would appear, it has been the, the way of being in the world, that separation. But it's only a separation in mindset. For it is our knowing and our teaching that if all beings release the beliefs about themselves that are simply untrue, the limiting beliefs about the lack of self-love and deservability, that then there would be more equanimity amongst the world beings, meaning that if all the distribution of wealth was equally divided amongst all beings, in this present mindset, those who seemingly are the haves would have it all once again, because those who would be equally distributed would find ways of releasing it because of the feeling of non-deservability. So what we teach and in, embrace with individuals and groups about this awareness is letting go of beliefs that have been generationally, historically, genetically passed along for thousands of years. They don't work anymore. And what will evolve now, not from conceit or narcissism or self-centeredness, but soul-centeredness, the awareness that there's enough for everybody and that you're more collaborative than you are competitive as a group, as a species, and that in your world, those collaborations are in the highest good of all of you, not the few. So it's changing a mindset. We encourage changing your minds, laying new neural pathways in your brain rather than the old ways of thinking to the new ways, innovative ways, awareness ways, creative ways. The universe is either contracting or expanding. So we encourage humanity to be expansive thinkers, realizing that you are beings of increase in circulation. Your bodies could not live without circulation. Society does not exist and will not 
without circulation and circulation, particularly of money, because it is the energy that is the exchange for goods and services, yes? So it's just changing your minds, changing your belief systems, and knowing that you are all worthy of the desired life that you wish to live and to have the abundance you want to have, knowing you deserve it. You may ask. So I'm curious about your origin relationship with Sheila. How did that contract between you and Sheila come to be? And perhaps when was it formed? And and what was the uh, experience of you and Sheila connecting and, and having this this long, if you like, work together? It was by agreement. We were not usurped the free will of an individual, a soul. So it is always by agreement. However, in the asking, it is given. We speak of this often. So in her asking, we came forth to assist to teach to and through her. And there was first an initiatory guide, if you would, to assist in the energetics alignment to us and she. And that was for several months. And then in that adjustment, the body was ready to receive our energy. And in doing such, it has been an ongoing process of alignment and acceptance. You may ask. And are you giving English language to Sheila or is Sheila translating your language into English words that we understand? We are using the facility of her language to communicate to you. So you could call it translational, yes. So just to go back a little big picture, because I think this is something this time has definitely, uh, not only I think for some created anxiety or fear about what's going on on the planet and where we're going, I think it's also been an incredible opening for many people. It's been a little bit of everything for everyone here on earth. What would you be willing and able to share with us about perhaps the next nine years on earth? So the passage between now, 2021, and 2030, if there are any aspects you could share with us about where we're going as a collective and what we're bringing in as a collective, what we're calling in that might look or appear different to us as we move forward. So it is all being birthed now because the old structures and how you've done things over many decades or even centuries do not work anymore. The new alignment energetically in the fifth dimensionary energy. The fourth was an awakening. The fifth is full implementation in the individuals of a recognition of the power within your souls. In this, the sixth dimension will be experiential in physical body. There are 12 dimensions about the earth. So in these years to come, there is this evolutionary process of awakening of the consciousness to that you're more than your physical existence and that you're co-creating this new world that is now being birthed in this time. New innovations, new structures, new ways of interaction, new travel new communications, all of these things will be coming to fruition in the highest good of this planet. And understand this, this planet will survive you, even though many speak that it will not. But because of that awareness and those who are listening and innovating, 
It will assist the planet to be healthier. Again, because the old way will be stopped. It doesn't work anymore. And new ways of being on this planet will come forth because there are those that are present and will be born into it that have the capability of that vision. It's already begun. Thank you. You may ask. One last question for you. Uh, my guides have for many, many years spoken about our galactic origins and our role on Earth as part of a wider galactic family. And in recent years, they have been saying that this is coming to pass more and more. So occasionally you hear murmurs out there of there's going to be disclosure and all kinds of different uh, ways of looking at that. I'm curious from your perspective, how do you see us at this time in history, becoming more aware of our galactic place rather than just our earthly human place, if you can speak to that. We have spoken of that in the past as well. When others ask of aliens, extraterrestrials, imagine that you are them. In the understanding that the earth is only one choice for a soul to experience. There are billions of choices. Even in your universe, there are 40 million or more billion places for life. The earth is only one. You can't possibly, in your limited perception now, imagine or even know how extensive it is. It's beyond description. We do not have words in your vocabulary to describe it. And so what we would say, yes, there will be disclosure as beings are ready to accept it without fear. And that is why yourself and the jailer from which we speak allow us to inform the mass of these concepts and precepts, yes? For then there is this awareness and comfortability with that knowledge that then the disclosure would not frighten. Thank you, Theo. Thank you for being with us today. We are appreciative of the opportunity to serve. God's love unto you. Good day. Hi, Lee. Hi, Sheila. Thank you. That was great. Oh, it's my pleasure and privilege to share Theo with you. Thank you for having me. Well, I know that so many of our viewers and listeners are going to love the show. And um, if they want to know more about you and your work and everything that you're doing, asktheo.com is the best place to find you, right? That's true. It's the best way to find myself and Theo and all of our information. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, not only for being here today, but just as someone who has been channeling now, if you like, for, as my job for 17 years, I just want to thank and honor you for the path that you laid down and all who came before us with this uh, slightly out there job that we have that is perhaps a little more normal now than it was some decades ago. Yes, thank goodness. And I'll just drink that in. You're so welcome. It's my pleasure. Well, and I'm excited for you about everything you have coming up. So for everyone who tuned into the show today and enjoyed it, go visit asktheo.com to find more from Sheila and Theo and her team. And uh, we will see you next time on Impact the World. Sheila, thanks for being with us today. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Welcome to Transmissions 2021. We are bringing Transmissions back this summer because last year when we first presented it, 
It was not only our most popular offering ever, we had several thousand of you join us from around the world. It was a way that I and my team could bring some of the energy of Soul Magic, our annual retreat, to you in the comfort of your own home, more affordably, and with no limit on how many people we could serve. So Transmissions is a metaphysical, intuitive, and self-growth deep dive to allow you to cultivate more energy for your life and for you to bring to the world. The themes for this year are going to be joy, healing, expression, freedom, and magic. The way that these topics are explored is through five live broadcasts where I will not only teach intuitively, but I will channel my guides the Z's. We provide transcripts, audio downloads of each session. There is an energy blueprint that you will receive ahead of the course starting where I write a document basically that I channel about what energies we're going to be cultivating, looking at, moving, releasing. We also have several supplemental materials and videos from members of my team. So there are meditations, there are videos that help you support yourself as you go through a journey like this. We also have the private members forum, which is away from social media, so you can privately share and discuss with all other members of the course. The final element of our transmissions courses is the music album that Devorbozik and I create. This is both spoken word and music, and it's five 10-minute tracks. You may have seen that we've just publicly released last year's album, which we created for course members. So you can stream that right now on Spotify or wherever you get your music. But for this year, we will exclusively be bringing you Transmissions Volume 2, which will be available this year only to course members. So we invite you to check out the course page, read more details, and if it resonates for you to join us for Transmissions 2021, we would love to welcome you aboard.